0: welcome to the voices in my head
1: where we will explore new ideas and perspectives that provide insight into life past is only important because it's the past. It can't be changed. Or can it? Read a book and then reread the same book. Is it really the same? Your perspective influences how you see things. Understand this and instead of looking back with your new view, look forward. There's a dichotomy here that's fascinating to me. Looking back can help free you to have new perspectives. But looking back can also become a trap. A never-ending kaleidoscope of further information that changes as you look at it. New conclusions manipulate ever-changing details, pulling you back into the past to find that perfect conclusion that never comes. The whole time, time keeps slipping away, over the edge, into that trap, where it's safe, where you're safe to analyze it, to poke at it, to judge it, with no fear of change what is to come is a trap all the same it's free to be perfect free to be all that it could be free to pass judgment onto the past for not being as perfect as it could have been free to overshadow the now with a seemingly infinite potential it seems so trivial to say be in the now what does that even mean? <laughs> How long is the present? How do you define the passing of one breath as it slips into the one that is to come? How do you live between two breaths? That's what that's what I see, that's what I hope that <clears throat> these conversations, these voices can be. You know, there there isn't an answer to that, it's completely objective. Mm-hmm. And every experience in life, you can, perspective. you can approach it subjectively. <clears throat> you can become obsessed with the details about trying to perfect everything. Or you can look at it objectively in a gross sense and say, this is a thing that happened. I can draw from it, but not for too long. Because no experience is all important. No experience will last forever. And so why get stuck constantly looking over the same things over and over and over again like it's any more important than all the things that just passed because you weren't paying attention, you know? The things that you imagine into the future mean nothing because they haven't come yet. You might not even get there. And why assume that those things that are never going to come are more important than the moment that's passing you by? Mm -hmm. And if... You can't explain that knife edge of time between those two ideas. If you can't explain that, explore that. That to me seems like the most important, you know? We know that that's gone and we know that that isn't coming yet. And we know that we can't understand this point, And that's scary. And I think that's why people so easily get caught in these traps of thinking that the past is so important or thinking that we need to worry about the future is because it's uncomfortable to to acknowledge the fact that right now is the most confusing and scary and ego-destroying of all. You can pretend that in the future you'll be great. You can convince yourself that you really were right in the past if you could just see the perspective that made it righteous. But right in the moment, right now, you know, you know that you're you are what you are, and you can't explain it, and you don't understand it, and
2: that's well, I think my- that's what you say. You say it's like, <clears throat> how do you explain, like, you know, living in the now? Like, what does that mean? But I think the reason why there's a push for that, like people like Eckhart Tolle and people that, that advocate for that is because, and I think, you know, if there is research out there. I'd have to source it, but there is research out there to show that a lot of people, the problem is is you're always thinking, well, you know what, if I just get the bigger house I'm gonna be happy if I just get the bigger TV I'm gonna be happy I get the bigger car I'm gonna be happy I get the promotion at work I'm gonna finally be happy when I get these things in the future all these goals I have in the future when I finally get there I'm gonna be happy and what the research that I've read you know anecdotally read is that no you get there and it doesn't make you happy if you're not already happy with who you are in the present moment getting these things you know in the future if you're if you're miserable and you're insecure and you have uh, traumas that you haven't dealt with in a year, you're upset and unhappy with who you are today. Just because you get a job promotion tomorrow doesn't magically mean that you're going to be okay with who you are. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Right? So you need to find a way to be satisfied with right now. And you need to find a way to be happy with who you are right now. And all those other things, it's good to have goals and good to have things to want to get, but that shouldn't be the dictator of happiness or of who you are. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: It does. You know, like... you know if you the reason people think that if i accomplish these things whatever they are i'll be happy then is because they're they're pushing off analyzing who they are yeah because the reality is if i can say if i get the promotion later then i'll be happy once i get this promotion they don't want to really talk about who they are right now it, you know there's the other side of the coin what they're saying by that is true what they're saying that's true in that statement is who I am right now I'm not satisfied with. Yes. And that's uncomfortable to say. It's more it's more comfortable to say, I have the potential of being this in the future, which I will be happy with, which is as good as saying who I am right now I'm not happy with. Um But when you if you ever got there, which you may not, if you ever got there, you're still you mm-hmm. and you're still gonna be uncomfortable looking at who you are. Mm-hmm. The only hope you have of being happy with that promotion later is maybe between now and whatever period of time that was, you become comfortable with the idea of looking at who you are now because that now will be then. And if you're not capable of looking at yourself critically and accepting who you are, then you're going to look for the next thing yeah, just to be def- happy you're with. Just you're just deferring, deferring the uncomfortable position of having mm-hmm. to look at who you are. And that's... You, you, you see that with a lot of things and, and it you know i've i've read i've read things like say jordan peterson which we'll maybe talk about later but you know in his book he talks at the beginning about the similarities between you know uh humans and lobsters humans and lobsters right <laughs> and it's really on a primal but guy. it 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 makes sense whenever he's saying like if you remove the current social structure and you look at why we have drive to live mm-hmm. right there is a biological part of us that's trying to make things better. Mm-hmm. And we're fortunate or unfortunate, depending on how you look at it, to be in a period of time where we're not really getting knocked back to anything really serious. If you can imagine if, if you only had food for three days and anything bad could happen will happen and you constantly have to be struggling and striving and working and committing and obsessing over getting something for tomorrow because you could lose everything you have right now at any second. Um, it's probably a pretty good thing to obsess over, but when you don't have someone trolling the streets coming to steal all your money and take all your food and kidnap your children, you probably should not worry about the future so much mm-hmm. in that kind of primal obsessive way
2: yeah, and I think also too, you just we forget too that innately we 're all animals. And, you know, we are sentient, we are conscious, but there is still that primal thing. So I think with his relationship with the lobsters, so anyone hasn't read the book, sorry, but this chapter I have gone through is, you know, a lot of the the natural instincts for us to create hierarchies in our own society do come from a primal place of, you know, that's why he talks about walking up with your chest your shoulders back and your chest forward and instilling confidence because people respond to that your body language is mm-hmm. how you interact with people and people just subconsciously subliminally will you know put you in a pecking order higher mm-hmm. uh, in the hierarchy based on how you present yourself right and that just comes from confidence and just how you carry yourself and there's in you know it may logic and reason may tell you to treat someone differently but everybody has that instinct that primal Instinct through hormones, yeah. and, and then it can even affect your your hormone production in your body based yeah. on how you carry yourself, your serotonin levels, and things like that. Like it's, I like think people forget that we are animals. Yeah. Right. We're just really smart animals. Well, we think we're really smart. <laughs> well, we do. We're, yeah. we're we're objectively smart. Yeah. Compared but to the things we're comparing you, ourselves you can't, to. So I think what I mean, what I mean to say is you can't discredit and you can't you can't dismiss. That There is an effect on the way we think and the way we interact that comes from an animalistic like yeah. a primal part of our brain Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally right so that you, you know as much as you want to be logical and intelligent and you know as much you want to be logical and intelligent You have to realize that sometimes that your instincts and your urges and things that you know your are uh, I don't I want to say it I'm trying to think of the word it comes from a, a bio It comes from a biology that you have no control of but, but the best way you can do to to harness that is to acknowledge it yeah like okay so I'm having this bias or this prejudice based on the way that this person's carrying themselves and that's does that make sense it does and you know I think that's literally (laughs) the whole
1: the whole uh, purpose of Peterson's book is to confront that yes and I think that the reason I think the reason why so many people are against him is because it's uncomfortable to do that yeah and they the want reason to take why so many people out of it. the the reason why so many people are uh, the other kind of the other side of it are attracted to it is because he's saying it's okay to saying it's okay to not know like it's yeah. it's okay to confront this darker side of of people you know we I I feel like over the last little while and more so like say like the last five six years like I feel like. Before high school, you, it, when I was in like that period of time, like 10, 15 years ago, I didn't feel like it was the same. You could People said things and it wasn't like, you can destroy all your friendships by making a joke in public and people are afraid of hanging out with you because other people are going to judge them because you said something. Like, it just feels different now.
2: I think one of the biggest issues is, honestly, and I know <laughs> my wife's going to cringe when she says this because I've been off Facebook for a while now, I think social media has a lot to do with it. Social media can be a very powerful connecting thing, but I think it's also a disassociating thing too as well. <coughs> and, it, and the other thing is too, is someone says something and that can go viral mm. through your group of friends. All of a sudden, someone takes offense to someone, they can post it online mm-hmm. and now 400 people know instantaneously what you said. Mm-hmm. A good
0: example of that is uh,
2: Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Did you guys recently
0: listen to that podcast? Uh, no,
2: but no? I no. can imagine where you're going with this. So go ahead. Well, Rogan had her on. Or do you mean Roseanne Barr? Or no, Rosie O'Donnell. Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Rosie okay. O'Donnell. I was Who gives it, a could... fuck about Rosie. Well, <laughs> well Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Rosie's yeah. gotten in trouble she, before.
1: Yeah, she made some racial jokes. No, Roseanne. Yeah. Bar. And then got kicked off her show. That's what I thought you were talking yeah. about.
0: No, no, Roseanne Barr. Okay, so kind of know. the same story, I guess. Really.
2: Well, she got all fucked up on
0: Ambien. Yeah. And, and, and then, she has. Oh, she oh, has. Man. She's been
2: institutionalized. Right. Like, so this. She had a massive head trauma from a.
0: Yeah. So this is where he brought her on because Joe knows her more. <clears throat> he knows her well and says like this isn't fair this is where social media has fucked her up mm-hmm. right she she has this past so what, that what no- happened I don't actually know okay so she made a joke and she's a comedian so she said a joke as a comedian would okay mm-hmm. but it was it was perceived as being a, a racist comment she didn't it wasn't supposed to be like she didn't mean it as a racist comment at
2: all
1: so okay so can I interject yeah.
2: Yeah. Real quick. Right. So sorry. Just to elaborate, yeah. Not, you, what you said wasn't wrong. Just what I saw that was. So the the woman that she was talking about in her tweet yeah. is, is 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 half is, is black. So it's is half, half black, black. black. but she doesn't look like it. And Roseanne didn't actually know she was black, and made some offbeat. Uh, yeah, you know what? And I'm even talking about this from a bit of a ignorant standpoint because I don't know the exact tweet I know the premise so basically she made a comment all fucked up on Ambien at like whatever 2 o'clock morning or whatever about this woman who's actually black but she didn't know she was black if that makes sense yeah right and there was a whole shitstorm that's why she got kicked off her own show
1: that's right yeah so that I remember Joe talking about this and he was like there was yeah. a history of other comments
2: yeah but yeah. she go ahead
1: so look this is the thing that confuses me about all this and I again why you know why I think Jordan Peterson's perspective has been so uh, quickly accepted by a lot of people um, is he's saying there's there's like I don't want to say darkness, but he, he'll point out he, he likes to obsess over chaos and order. Yeah. Right. We live in chaos and we strive for order. Yeah. And that's just natural. Mm-hmm. And it, we're we're almost trying to make it s- seem like we're above all of that. We're above the chaos of nature like we've we've come up with systems and we know what's right and wrong and we're going to live in this perfectness at all times. And while it is true that we want to portray that we're doing the right thing all the time, we're striving for that. We've kind of lost the we've lost the idea that it's okay still to not be perfect all the time. Yeah. And so
2: and he's also his biggest issue when this all started was With the bill, was it Bill C sixteen that uh, the Canadian government uh, passed to say that um, to make it criminally punishable to not reference uh, the people in the trans community in these different pronouns that they'd asked and and his thing is is this is just the this is the social issue that this law was passed for he doesn't care about trans people it's you know if a trans person identifies with a certain pronoun and would like to be called, then it would be polite to do so. Yeah. Right? It would be polite to call them by that, right? But it should not be mandated and legislated by a government what and forced to have to use this language. Yeah. He's saying that's a slippery slope. It starts here, mm-hmm. and it may be from a, uh, you know, a, a socially well, you're, just you're standpoint. You're trying to legislate to try and,
1: being polite.
2: Yeah, you're trying to legislate polite. And the problem is, is what you do when you do that is you start to control open public debate which is he said that's what a a democracy is is where you can have these ideas and these things and so someone wants to come out and says that white people are the superior race okay they have the right to say that right unfortunately as as terrible as it is but then the the way that this society should work is that someone comes up with the counter argument right someone who's intelligent and is thoughtful and is life experienced and is educated and they can argue them on the merits of their premise mm-hmm. versus and then as a society we come to we a decide. consensus yeah. that which we pretty much have in this society that <coughs> what excuse me pardon me sorry <coughs> the white supremacist view is not acceptable that is not agreed with on the, the large social yeah. um ...thought is that that is wrong, that is on the fringe and it's been pushed to the fringe. But now if you don't allow those open debates to happen and allow us to come to that consensus of what's socially acceptable and what's not... ...if you just stop people from talking about anything that makes you uncomfortable... Then how do we define these lines? They start to get legislated by government, yeah. right? And yeah. that's a slippery slope, and then that turns and decos to authoritarianism, right? Which he studied extensively. His whole that's house the... is decorated with Marxist and Nazi artwork as a reminder to himself of what can happen when it goes terribly wrong. So that's the I find so
1: interesting is he his perspectives that he puts out there, right? Yeah. You could take it on the surface level and go, oh, he's he's empowering me to be able to, you know, screw you, person, uh, you, you're you actually still a man. You're not a woman, right? Um, the white supremacists that follow him and like him can say, look, he's got a lot of intellectual reasons why I can, you know, why I shouldn't call you a man even though you want to be, right? It's super superficial and isn't actually true. No. He, he doesn't have that opinion at all. No. And you've just hijacked his intellectual... Yeah you know, train of thought. The thing that I find interesting is the left side of it, the other side of the perspective, right? They're getting caught in that trap just the same. Yeah. In, and they're going, you know, this person drew this conclusion and they're wrong and he empowered them so he's wrong and they shouldn't be allowed to talk about this and we're right because of because of the fact that it's impolite to refer to yeah. me as a man or a woman or, or nothing if I so choose. But what's interesting is, yeah, they, they're, they're caught in the same trap. He isn't saying that necessarily... He's not being subjective. He's speaking objectively about the whole whole system, the whole structure. If you soundbite it out, you can
2: make it sound very bad. Yeah, and he's also... I think one other thing that he says too is the way that we get through this as we grow as a society. So if you... If you stop all of these voices of all of these fringe beliefs, all these extreme right, right, or even extreme left, right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you stop these people from being able to voice these concerns, all you're going to do is you're going to drive those groups of people that think that way. Mm-hmm. You're going to drive them underground, and this is going to fester. It's and sort it's of gonna, what's happening. It's going to brew under the surface, yeah. right? And that's not healthy. What you need to do is if there's people out there that think this crazy shit. Let, and up. they want to talk about it in the public life you, I would rather know that these, these crazy fuckers over here actually think that way and then you can openly debate them and society like he says as a consensus can come together and say no you guys no, but are batshit yeah. fucking crazy alright and we all acknowledge that you're batshit fucking <coughs> crazy but at least we know you're there right and try and hopefully you know through education and debate and open debate maybe the people that are you know, through their own insecurities and their own um, low self-esteem are gravitating towards those guys that maybe, and maybe they don't really believe it, but you know, a lot, you look at a lot of disenfranchised white males and stuff like that. They get involved with that. Maybe not because they, they really hate black people, but maybe just because they're so disenfranchised that they just want to belong to a group. Well, that, so, that truth, that, that is well, but there is something to be said here that
1: we're told that you can't. You can't use the N word. I'm not even going to use it on here because, I, you know, I, <laughs> I won't. I won't use the N word. But this will. is a perfect example. So we're not allowed, yeah. right? That that's a rule we all know.
2: I, but that's, I don't dislike
1: black people. Yeah. Sorry, just let me finish. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I I uh, I don't dislike black people. Like I have nothing against. I don't have a problem with visible. I don't have a problem with people because of the color of their skin. I don't. But if I didn't say N-word and I used what the N-word is, then I automatically, how I feel is completely subdivided. It's completely taken away, right? And now all of a sudden I hate all black people and I think whites are better than everyone. So when I'm not around people that I trust that know who I am, I'm never going to say it. Yeah. So there's a perception that if I don't say it out loud, that I don't say it. And there are a lot of people that do say it or make jokes or repeat jokes mm-hmm. that they heard on a Netflix special or Dave Chappelle show, right? But I can't say that if I'm not around a group of people that I trust aren't going to tell other well, people that even, I made that joke.
2: Like I did before the podcast you ever listen to hip-hop? Did you ever listen to gangster rap? I yes. grew up listening to it. I'm, I've said the word singing the songs back, <laughs> but I wouldn't use that word Especially, so I have I have so, black friends, so, sorry, and I say horrible shit to my black friends. Yeah, and they say horrible shit to me about being white or being Italian. But we're friends. But I would never use that language with a black person that I don't know, because it's then it because it, with my friends it's we're self deprecate. We tease each other, right? And that's the easy low hanging fruit. So we tease I'll, I'll make jokes about my buddy John, mm-hmm. right? And then he'll make jokes about me being white or Italian stuff like that. And yeah. but it's coming from a. A genuine place. It's not coming from a place of of nastiness or meanness. Like we're just we're guys and we tease each other. But I would never use that word around a black person that I don't know.
1: Society says that if we if we are open about you know, questioning that idea, questioning that you can't say those words, or questioning, you know, the things that we're being told, if you question them, then that means that you're a Nazi racist. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, I'm in high school, you're listening to hip hop music gangster rap and someone goes you shouldn't listen to that music it's bad you know uh the things they're talking about are evil and the they shouldn't be obsessing over money and women and raping people and killing them and doing all of these things and so you're like oh okay that makes sense this is bad so this music is bad What's you know black hip hop music is bad black people make that music so they're bad and so then black people are bad, but I can't talk about it. Well, that is wrong. The whole yeah, chain of totally. thought is wrong. But you can't talk about it. You can't ask anybody. You can't say, hey, I don't understand. this." I'm told this is not the right way to say it, but logically I'm following this path of things I've been told and it's concluding here, but I can't bring it up with anyone because if I do, then automatically I'm a racist, so I must be a racist. And the only people that are prepared to talk about this are people that are actually racist. And don't so now all a all of a sudden, thinks. Yes. So now all of a sudden, if you have any thought in the back of your head, you must be this thing. So then, okay, well, I guess everyone else doesn't think this, so I must be different than them, I must be racist. But the reality is, everyone else is thinking the same stuff, where they're like, I don't know where the lines are here, but I know if I talk about it, I'm going to get into trouble, so I won't. Which creates this idea that everyone knows what's up. And the only people that, you know... That's that's what's interesting. Well, and okay. it doesn't just land with the racist thing. It, it ends with it ends with uh like homophobia. Mm-hmm. It ends with religion. Religion. It's like you can't get into these topics because if you do, the minute you bring it up, you're labeled into one extreme group or another. This
0: Go is ahead. a perfect segue. So sure. this is this was the lady, uh, Valerie Jarrett. Okay. Nobody Roseanne Bard doesn't know her. Background yeah. or her, just knows her, her name just a knows of her, and she's into political. You know, she's always making political comments and whatever. So, so her humor
1: is against right the like political side of this. Just side.
0: whatever, right? And she's a comedian, and, and you'll hear comedians all the time. Comedians are comedians because they're fucked up. That's yeah. just the way it is. No, and they're so meant her, meant her to comment offend. was That's her what. comment was Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby. So she just bang bang. It was like everybody was like, "Whoa, what was that?" And they're but,
1: talking about her because of some comment this lady made? Like no, that's the, comment that, that's, that's the the comment the, that Roseanne
0: Barr made. That's the comment Roseanne Barr made About her. Or, or sorry, about, sorry, her. She, probably, yeah, so about her political positions. You'd have to listen to the to the whole thing. So that's the, that a, a, wasn't the point I was trying to make. The I point I was trying to make was that she made this comment. She's a comedian. Everybody took it to heart. Her show got cancelled. Her life got pretty well... I mean, she's got money, but her life at, yeah. <clears throat> at the moment got ruined. And Rogan's like, whoa, 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 you guys just, like, this is not how this is supposed to happen. Well, he knows her he and knows she's her. not a racist. Yeah, and she- and explained her background and said, listen, like, this is the past. This is her past. It's like saying to somebody, hey, you got a broken leg? Go walk. I need you to go run and get my mail. Well, it's not, it doesn't work like that. She has She has mental uh Mental she's, illnesses. She's been institutional. She's been institutionalized. She's, been inst- institutionalized. Yeah. she's, she's on, had a massive head trauma. She yeah, she's on uh ambient, ambient. she's drinking. All these things played a factor
2: in here. Like you got it, you know? Yeah. Now she acknowledges that she would go on these Twitter storms and her daughter would give her shit all the time. Yeah. Like, Mom, it's two o'clock in the morning, stop tweeting out all this outland. Your shit. ambient yeah. tweets. She, there was Your an ambient tweets, yeah. yeah. And and it and people don't understand how when you get addicted to these pills and stuff, right? Like it can change your thought process. And but she said, yeah. she goes, I didn't even know she was black. She yeah. <laughs> she meant it she meant it as the Muslim Brotherhood and the Planet apes it was more of her political spectrum. She was saying this was yeah. more in relation to the woman's political views. But it sounds bad. It sounds and bad. And if she wasn't fucked up on ambient, maybe she could have Right, maybe realized that this doesn't sound very good and this yeah. can be taken different way than I'm intending it and probably wouldn't have ever posted right. that, which, but she was which is, so fucked up on drugs. No, but it, so this is interesting. Sorry, is if, if she had
1: that thought alone in her room, okay, she has that thought alone in her room and she's not on Ambien and she starts typing it out and then she's like, I can't type this. Because
2: or maybe she needs to type it differently.
1: I can't type this because um, people are gonna freak out and I'm gonna get into trouble. So I'm not gonna type it. And she types something different, the opposite, whatever. I love this lady. Her political views are perfect.
2: Or or it can still criticize her, but maybe whatever it is, different yeah. choice of words.
1: The people reading the tweet now that are outraged, I'm gonna do the opposite. The people that are outraged by this comment, read it and they go, this lady, she knows what she's talking about. She's such a swell lady. We like her. Let's just <laughs> say that happened. Yeah. <clears throat> she actually thought the things she really typed, but she didn't because she knew she'd get into trouble for right. it. Mm-hmm. So she's self self censoring, and that's who she is—is is this self censored person? Right. right. That's not who she is. It's not who she the is.
0: Point. That's why. That's why I, I found this earlier, and I was like, I'm gonna wait because I knew yeah. as soon as you started, I, I knew this was gonna fit here. Right, so like,
2: but the thought on ambient isn't her either. No, but yeah, it, but the, is it? Isn't it? This is, this is, this is <laughs> isn't if, it? If you're, I've never done ambient, <laughs> I don't know. But Maybe they what they, I've been hearing about Ambient is that it can make you do crazy shit. It can make
0: you do crazy shit, but if you really like turkey sandwiches, but you're on a diet, and you're like, I'm not going to eat a turkey sandwich because I'm on a diet, but I can't sleep, so I'm going to take some ambient. And but you, you, you wake it, up in the middle of the night, you go make a turkey sandwich, that's who you really are. Yeah, but is that the case with ambient though? That's what I'm saying. There's, if you, re, if it, you if you look it, it up, there's multiple cases of people who do
2: things on Ambient, and they don't remember it. But, but is it, that are these things that they inherently would really have wanted to do? But yeah, through, but through the social constructs and limitations won't do it, or is the yeah. Ambient going to make them do something that naturally they would never do? Because there's two different sides of that coin. True. Trucks, right? I, the way I'm the way I perceive it is that somebody
0: like the cases are somebody went and. Uh, you know, a lot of the, they went downstairs, cooked the whole meal, don't remember it. And then woke up. They just went on up. autopilot. They went on autopilot. So is that, is that not, I'm thinking okay. that ambient is almost yeah. some sort of like truth serum. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's how I perceive it. That's yeah. how you're perceiving it. But is a, that the case? Because yeah, but she, if so, you talk to her, if you listen to that podcast, it's a good one to like, it, it fits into this. Yeah. She talks that, like, this is what I was trying to say. This is the point I was trying was to make. There was something there. There was something there. Yeah. yeah. This is how... I'm a comedian. This is how I wanted to say it. Yes. Your cat is dying behind me.
1: She's very old. She's got yeah. a hairball, man. No, she has, so, she has pneumonia. This is Really? The, no, not pneumonia. Sorry. Um,
2: asthma. Oh, shit. Sorry, carry on. Uh, anyways, that... I don't... I don't no, know. I, I don't get have that. anything else to say. Yeah, and the All way I'm the comedians... Phrase things are is, sometimes to create yeah. reaction, and they're to be offensive. Right,
0: and in this world, people get more offended by what comedians are saying. Yeah, then the so, point I'm trying to make is that this woman has a past. This is what happened in the present. People went off the rails. It ruined her current career. Mm. Now what? Yeah, is well, she is she is she going to be is she going to be pinned to a board because like this is what
1: you said? Now this is you forever? It no. Is. But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And, and this is uh, we we've created this illusion that everyone is good, right? If, mm-hmm. if if I don't, sorry, we've we've created a hierarchy. Okay, I'm trying to explain it this way. We've created a hierarchy of of action. Okay, and we've put physical action on the top. Mm-hmm. The things that you do are the most important thing. Yeah. Right. Slightly below that are the things that you say. Yes. And then at the very, very bottom of this list are the things that you think, right? The reason we've created this hierarchy is because we're self obsessed.
2: Well, and the we're things that, that you- We're Sorry, putting about.
1: that label on someone else. The things that you do impact me. Yes, that's right. The what things that say. you say could impact me if I want them to. And the things that you think, I don't fucking care because I don't have to deal with it. Okay? When the reality is the things that you think are the most important Mm -hmm. because the things that you think impact the things that you You might say and the things that you might say impact the things that you'll eventually do. And we have a society right now that is obsessed with more the things that you physically do or physically say than than what you think. Yeah,
2: it's turning into now with the social justice war is that the things that you say... Can are injuring me if they offend me, and you should not have the right to say them. And then I see what you're saying. Because you're saying okay, well, control... if you suppress that, then you're not going to know what people think. And if you don't that know what these outcome. people think, then it's a scarier time because you don't know if there's these movements or these uh, these people that have this this thought process that is dangerous. Well, right. I'd rather da- danger is
1: interesting because it's a matter of perspective, right? Well, dangerous when... is because it can it it has a potential of changing things that you don't want to be changed. Yeah. Right? You know, if we're if
2: we really picking, want to stop Or danger in the fact of picking up a gun and going and shooting up a synagogue as well, it it's uh if you want to
1: stop people from having the thoughts that would cause them to go and shoot up a synagogue, right? Making them not talk about it and making them not physically do it aren't going to stop the seed of thinking about it yeah. from growing. But and so if you if you suppress a high school student from being able to talk about his sexuality or talk about his political views that are now just starting to bud or talk about how he... Why does he feel uncomfortable when he walks down the street and he sees a black guy? You can't talk about those things then the only realm that he's left with is thinking about them he's on his own. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's I agree with you. And that, that isn't about, about finding the bad people. No. That's like... Let's just acknowledge that we should be safe to talk about things. Just yeah. because you... We talked about this last week about putting on hats. The reason you put on hats is to explore and see what's up. What does this mean? Open debate. Throw
2: around ideas. It could be good ideas. It could be bad ideas. You could explain your thought badly, that may be offensive, but maybe it's because look at what we're doing. Sometimes I'm struggling to really explain what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's hard. And it's even hard. And you and I are both talkers. We probably have an easier time of articulating our thoughts than a lot of other people do. So what about those people that have a really difficult time articulating what they're thinking? And if they're getting shut down or they're scared to say something that's going to offend somebody, and then they're going to be labeled with that for the rest yeah. of their life, and it's going to go viral on Facebook, and they're going to get all this hate and all these trolls, and all these, and you're going to suppress people's thinking, and it's just going to discourage them. It's going to make them angry. It's going to make them more confused. It's going to maybe drive them to more extreme views. It's, you got to allow people to get this stuff out. Right. And then as a society, like Jordan Peterson says, you have this open debate and we decide as a society, you have an argument, right? And then I counter your argument. And then other people can chime in and as a kid we come to a consensus. Okay, you know what? All right, you're entitled to that opinion, or if it's something truly heinous, okay, you're a piece of shit. All right. But we've as a society come to an acknowledgement that you're fucked up, you're crazy, you're a piece of shit. And you know what, you know what, you've got the right idea. And then other people, well, you know, okay, you know, I don't really agree with you on that, but I agree with you on, like, there should be open debate. Does that make sense? Like, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't, everything's trying to get too black and white and too cut and dry and too right and left. And there's too much division and too much putting shit in the boxes and saying, this is wrong and this is okay, and you can't say this and you can't say that. It's, you know what, if you say something that offends somebody, they should be able to tell you, I'm offended and I don't agree with you and this is why right yep. and maybe sometimes you think away you think of something from you have a thought or you have an opinion on something from ignorance and sometimes you it, it's a course of it may be beneficial to you to voice that opinion have someone get offended tell you why they're offended you see their what the podcast
1: yeah when i closed the lid it shut off sorry
2: oh it shut off the recording yeah for how long <laughs> just the last 10 <laughs> seconds while you were talking
1: <laughs> Splice straight in no,
2: so, but you know what I mean, right? Like not having the open debate where people can voice their opinion, yep. right? They can't, like you should be able to say something stupid and offensive, but then the other people can tell you, hey man, fuck you, that offended me. Well, why did it offend you? And they give you all the reasons why i offended them. And then maybe because your opinion was very ignorant and you just didn't have any education or basis on it. You go, okay, that makes sense. Sorry, so this bro. Is, this is what,
1: <laughs> this is, I think the idea of shutting down that conversation is to stop that from happening. Yeah. Because the fear is that, and this comes from a place of fear, right? Is if I let this person speak, and they say something that's bad for my group, and other people around that aren't a part of my group but sympathize with my group, think that that makes more sense, then they're gonna that group will get bigger, and that's a threat to me.
2: Yeah. So I that, need to stop yeah.
1: the spread of that idea. And I don't want to say specifics because then you get bogged down in the politics of those individual ideas. But that's really what's happening is my group has a position of safety and I want to keep that safety. And the best way to keep that safety is to keep my group either bigger or with more allies. And if I let other groups that conflict with mine get sympathy or grow, then that's a danger to me. But you're also
2: insulating your group. It's an artificial, it's an artificial development of your group. It right, is. because if there's people in your group that genuinely would agree with that other person. Then they're not really a part they're of your really part of your group. Which is what I'm saying. Right? You've got, so if you you got have, wolves in the hen house, right? Like you have people,
1: <laughs> genuinely, that one hundred percent believe that um, all white people are racist bigots that hate women. White yeah, males hate women, the misogynist bastards. bigots, and we're evil. There are people that genuinely believe that. And if you say anything that slightly would be misconstrued possibly to agree, like to make yourself sound like that might be true, you're a part of that group that hates all people that aren't white, right? So what happens is people don't want to be seen that way. So they'll put on this facade that they never say anything that could be maybe heard as potentially racist if taken the wrong way. They'll completely avoid it 100%. In fact, they'll go so far as to say, Hey, I know I may joke around about this in my head, but I don't say it out loud. So in order to make up for that, I'm going to be really vocal about how it's so bad. And that'll remind myself that I shouldn't make those jokes. So I'm going to be really loud and boisterous about how you're evil if you make racist jokes. You're a racist if you make racist jokes. And now you've joined that group that genuinely do believe it. You don't quite believe it, but you vocalize that you believe it a lot because you feel like you should or you want to. I don't want to be a racist, so I got to be be really on board with these other guys. Yeah. But meanwhile, the whole time, you're like, I don't really think that joke's that bad, but
2: But slippery slope, we got to get on this guy. But that's where the comedians, I think, where the comedians actually serve a purpose and where they're being shut down is dangerous. Because comedians, the ones that are successful and that can say jokes that are offensive and that are on the fringe and get away with it, because they have a talent to voice it in a way that's not Mm mean-spirited, but does acknowledge differences and certain... Proclivities of certain people, but does it in a creative, funny way that gets that stuff out there, but not in a mean-spirited way. Does that make sense? Right? And if you start shutting that medium down, then it's going to. I think, I think that is a way for society to get a lot of those things out yeah. in, in a less dangerous way, if that makes sense, to allow these comedians to have their say. And you've got different comedians of different ethnicities that will joke about Can other ethnicities, right? And, yeah. they, and then the other thing is the one comedic principle they always say is we, we just attack everybody. Yeah. And then it's it's egalitarian, it's fair because we make fun of everybody. We make fun of white people, we make fun of black people, Chinese people. We make fun of gays, lesbians. We make fun of everybody, and then we're not discriminating.
0: Some comedians have solely built their career around that.
2: Look at Russell Peters, yeah, right? Says. But he's an Indian Canadian, so he makes fun of the Italians. He makes fun of the Chinese. Yeah. He talks in the accents, right? But nobody really gives him shit because he's That's a visible
1: minority. The reason no one gives him shit is because we're allowed. Yeah, we're allowed. Right now, we're allowed. He fits, because there is actually no intellectual reason to not joke around about it, right? There isn't actually like a, here's the scientific reason why we should never verbalize any, you know, anything about why another group is different than yours. There's no scientific, there's no reason to, other than we've all sort of slowly been convinced that we shouldn't slowly over a long period of time and don't yeah. really nail it down I don't know I don't remember when it was all of a sudden not okay Russell Peters exists in this little grey area where we're like well no maybe he can because he's Indian yeah that's it he's, he's okay because he's Indian he can say whatever you can Josh don't even don't even repeat yeah what Russell Peters no. jokes about okay. because Russell Peters is yeah. okay because it's a gray area. Not because it's okay to whatever reason we're given why it's not okay, but because it exists in this gray area and the arguments that are being used right now that stop you don't quite apply to him, but we'll see how it goes over time. That,
2: that, but even Wei- there's me, no, But even Wei- <laughs> me So look at look at Rogan, which we just went to the show, right? So look at Rogan where he says... He makes these jokes. He makes these misogynistic jokes about women. But a lot of these things... He's making fun or of them. Or wrestlers. Yeah, or wrestlers. He's making fun of them, but there isn't small element of truth to a lot of these things. There are certain the reason Rogan certain can predispositions do it? of certain types of people that is not you can't general you can't put everybody in the same boat, 100%. but on a grand scale you can discern certain traits and certain proclivities to certain groups of people and you can make fun about it the and reason, it makes it funny and the reason people find it's funny is because there's that element of truth to it if there was no element of truth to it if it was completely at a left field and had no basis in reality
1: it wouldn't be funny the reason it's okay for rogan to do it is not because other people say it's okay the reason it's okay for rogan to do it is because rogan doesn't care
2: yeah that's no. the, because and, there is actually no rule. Yeah, there is no rule. But also too, Rogan is not a racist, right? And that's what he that's, says now. He's like, Unfortunately now in this that, day and age, I have to pre I have you, to preface what I say in this joke to say that I think women can do everything a man can do. Da, 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 you da. don't
1: think he's a misogynist and you don't think he's racist because you've chosen to believe that. There are people that do not agree with you. Yeah. And yeah. the reason it's okay for him to make those jokes is because he does. And you choose to think it's okay. That. It's as simple as that. There is actually no... Quite frankly, he could be racist. You don't actually know. You just assume that he isn't because he said that he isn't. But he should be allowed to say it if he wants to. And you have the right to listen to it. And they have the right not to listen to it. And they have the right to listen to it and obsess over it and write about how evil he is. And that's all okay. And that's fine too, right? It It only becomes not okay when he decides it's not okay. Or when enough other people decide that it's not okay... And they stop you from feeling like it's okay to listen, and then eventually his audience will die, and then he'll go away. But whether he exists or not isn't actually dependent on any sort of rule other than what society kind of forces upon it. And that's what comedians do.
2: Comedians commentate on, on society, right? They make social commentary on the state of society, the things that are changing, the things that they find funny. And they can take benign things and simple things, like some of the funniest Look at Jerry Seinfeld. He just takes very benign, inane, everyday aspects of life, and he makes them funny,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? And that's what comedians do. And some are more offensive than others, and some swear more than others, right? But you shouldn't be censoring them, right? Let mm-hmm. them use the... And they work on these jokes. Like If they say something in a comedy club, Right? And they travel all over. They say something in a comedy club here. The joke doesn't go over. Like, they vet before they do these big specials and put this stuff out there. Like, they've worked on this tip. Most comedians, anyway. I don't want to lump them all in. But most of the good ones will work on this. And they'll see what works. And they'll push limits, right? And they'll yeah. try and see what they can get away with and what they can't. And how, how people respond. So, it's not like they just are coming up with these jokes out of their ass. They've worked on these. Mm-hmm. Right? In, in, in almost a social experiment, right?
1: Yeah. The, the interesting thing for me, the, one of the interesting things about this, right, is that literally the thing that makes what Rogan does okay is simply because you're part of the group that thinks it's okay. Yeah. And I don't think we Fair. acknowledge, we don't acknowledge that, that there are. are people that are offended by it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And they have the right and to And I think that too. that's okay. What I think is not okay is the fact that someone offended by it thinks that, that the fact that they're offended means that they should have control over my reality. Right? Or that the government should institute. Well, then you you find a mediator, which yeah. is what's happening in this situation. You have a group of people that are offended, and you have a group of people that aren't offended, and they can't agree. So what you've done is go, okay, well, that's fair. We're going to get an arbitrator. We're going to get someone to step in the middle. You go to the, In this situation, it's the government. Okay, so we go to the government and say, we can't decide what's right or wrong, and you're going to make a rule about it. Right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, one of the groups is like, I don't want... I don't want anything to do with it. And the other group is like, I really, really want you to do something about it. So they're going to do the one that people are really, really loud about. Because the government is literally just uh, a social voting system. But that's why. So people vote for who they think they should vote for based on principles and ideas that they think they should have. Because they've been told to have those ideas.
2: And... And on that, an arbitrator notion, isn't very yeah. Uh, unbiased. Yeah, and that, and based on that notion, that's why it is scary and dangerous for the government that recirculates and repopulates constantly and over and over again based on social um, norms and like things that are going on. You know, so the social outrage and stuff. That that's why it's dangerous and why constitutions and bills of rights have things in there to stop them from chain from from controlling freedom of speech. Right, because the social whims of today could be completely different than the social whims of tomorrow. Sorry, it's the Italian on the table. Blank doesn't make a difference. <laughs> I'll, st- I'll just bang harder. Do you know what I mean? Does I do, that make I do. sense? Yeah, right. No, so does, that's why they're not supposed to be able to institute those those parameters because you know they change constantly. It's constantly evolving. <laughs>
1: so just the same as you're allowed to like Rogan because you like Rogan mm. and the other people are allowed to hate him. The reason you feel that way about government right now is because Of the fact that you're not on the side That is benefiting from what they're doing That's what I find I'm not saying you specifically But that same reason why it's okay to like Rogan's right or Rogan's wrong Depending on your perspective Is the same as the government People that agree with what they're doing It's because they agree with the thing that they're doing The people that disagree with what they're doing It's because they disagree with what they're doing Neither of them is right and neither of them is wrong In this case with
2: Jordan Peterson With the trans community with the pronouns Like I I don't have a problem If they want to identify with that And that's their thing I have no problem with trans people And I've met people where like yeah Clearly, you're fairly androgynous. Clearly, hormonally, even on a biological standpoint, there's some people that say there's no biological... Bio- I, I, I don't know I, enough about... I, I don't I have know a lot that, of opinions but, about it, but not enough. Yeah, to, but if you want to transition, that's fine. If You know what I mean? I have no problem with that. And if you want someone to call you they or the or them or something like that, I got no issue with that. And like Jordan Peterson said, it would be polite to do so. Yeah, if I had a and friend, your own if you had a friend, it would be to do it.
1: You can't... I don't... But to have the government mandate,
2: Yeah, you should not have the government mandating. Because if so the, that's what they're mandating today, what are they going to mandate tomorrow?
1: So so I wanted to read this thing from his book. Okay. And the reason that I wanted to read it is because I think it ties into all of this, right? Um, this is what we're legis- trying to legislate, this outcome that I don't think you can actually do successfully. I think this just needs to be something that happens. We need the... We need the freedom to be shitty, and we need the freedom to be good.
2: Yes. And uh, and hopefully the good wins out.
1: There's so much there, but I, I'm not going to get into the whole thing. Here's something to consider. I'm reading this directly from Jordan Peterson's book, so don't get this mixed. I didn't write this, although it would have been awesome if I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, Jordan, if you don't want me to read this, but here you go. Here's something to consider. If you have a friend whose friendship you wouldn't recommend to your sister, or your father, or your son, why would you have such a friend for yourself? You might say, out of loyalty. Well, loyalty is not identical to stupidity, loyalty must be negotiated fairly and honestly. Friendship is a reciprocal arrangement. You are not morally obligated to support someone who is making the world a worse place. Quite the opposite you should choose people who want things to be better not worse it's a good thing not a selfish thing to choose people who are good for you it's appropriate to and praiseworthy to associate with people whose lives would be improved if they saw your life improve if you surround yourself with people who support your upward aim they will not tolerate your cynicism and destructiveness they will instead encourage you when you do good for yourself and others and punish you carefully, carefully when you do not. This will help bolster your resolve and do what you should do in the most appropriate and careful manner. People who are not aiming up will do the opposite. They will offer a former smoker a cigarette or a former alcoholic a beer. They will become jealous when you succeed or do something pristine. They will withdraw their presence or support or actively punish you for it. They will override your accomplishment with a past action, real or imaginary of their own. Maybe they will try and test you to see if your resolve is real, to see if you are genuine. But mostly they are dragging you down because your new improvement casts their faults into an even dimmer light. It is for this reason that every good example of a fateful challenge and every hero a judge. Michelangelo's great perfect Marvel David cries out to the observer, you can be more than you are when you dare aspire upward. You reveal your inadequacy for the present and the promise for the future. Then you disturb disturb others in the depths of their soul. They understand that that their cynicism and immobility are unjustifiable you play able to their cane you remind them that they that they ceased caring not because their life's horrors which are undeniable but because they do not want to lift the world up on their shoulders where it belongs they think that it is easy to surround yourself with good healthy people than with bad unhealthy people it's not a good healthy person is an ideal It requires strength and daring to stand up near such a person. Have some humility. Have some courage. Use your judgment and protect yourself from uncynical comparison and pity. Make friends with people who want the best for you.
2: Makes total sense. It's hard. It's very hard.
1: to To stand beside something that you don't quite understand that you think is good and say, hey, this is good when you don't completely understand it. It's, it's it's really interesting.
2: It's also hard too, th- because of loyalty, to break away from old friendships or old relationships that, you know, as you've grown, have you know maybe become toxic or are like like you says yes. an alco- you know a, a bad uh, a friend who's still an alcoholic when you're trying to be a recovering alcoholic and they're going to offer you a beer if you hang out. That's a friendship that you need to cut out. If you want to be sober and you want to better your life and be a better person, you need to stay away from that type of person. And it's hard to do that because maybe this is someone you've grown up with since you were three years old. How do you, how do you turn your back on them for your own betterment? Because, and, I mean, obviously that's just the last
1: couple paragraphs in a chapter of the book. And he gets into that. So for sure read because he literally addresses that for five or six pages. But he, he puts forward that the reason that you would continue to do that isn't because of a loyalty to them. It's actually out of a self-protection of yourself. Yeah. Right? People come up with ideas of why they should stay with that person to make themselves feel better. Um, Deep down, like, hey, I'm better than this guy and I need to help him out. He needs to be more like me. Are you really just bigging yourself up? Or do you feel like you're actually no better than that guy and you're the same person and you don't really believe that you're getting better and you would want someone to not judge you in a harsh way? You know, it's very it's rare. Easier. It's very rare to actually stay friends with someone like that because you genuinely are trying to make them a better person. Because if if you're, everyone's, no one's better. That's the interesting thing. It's all a spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always someone that. Some people don't think it's a problem to have a drink every night. Other people think it's the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. And if you're the person that thinks it's the worst thing ever, you're gonna put judgment on that person. But that doesn't make you right. It just means that you have a different idea of what raising yourself up is
2: maybe for you having a drink every night is a terrible is thing yeah. but for the other person maybe it's not it's a matter of perspective everybody's different it's super complicated it is but th- that's the problem it's there is no black and white in life you know, there it's everything's complex a lot of these problems are complex so to try and put these black and white parameters in place and solutions in place it's it's a slippery slope yeah what do you think
0: <clears throat> i was just gonna get into um it it's only a problem if it becomes a problem
1: yeah right
0: makes sense in my head mm-hmm. yeah it only it's only a problem if it becomes a problem if i come home and i drink two beers every night but then i i can easily just go a month and i haven't had a drink and it's not like i'm not like i'm, I'm not uh what's the word i'm looking for i'm not dependent on jonesing it? for yeah. a drink yeah then it's not i don't think it's a problem or if you come but home- if it's a problem to your health where you're clearly degrading as a person you're you're getting fat or you're getting skinny because of it or you're becoming this or you're becoming that hey jim like you came to work yesterday and you look like you're gonna die man like what's going on then, it's a, it's, then it's a problem that i yeah. think that your true friends can intervene with or if it's affecting other people if you come it's, home yeah. and have two beers every day and, you and then your you wife. beat your yeah. wife
2: or you ridicule your children uh then it's a problem <laughs>
0: and i don't know if that ties into what you were kind of saying it does. but i'm just saying that
1: the line it, t- it
0: ties into where you said it's a pro- it's it's um you can i can come home and have two drinks you can't because you know deep down that if you take that one drink you're done you're 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 going to fall right back i have i have a family member who just knows you know he can be around people drinking mm-hmm. but if he takes one sip of of that that of anything he can't even eat alcoholic chocolate because mm-hmm. he knows that if he, if that touches his lips, it's over, man. He's mm-hmm. going to dive right back into this world that he doesn't want to go back into. He's lost probably a lot of friends. Or not lost, but decided to, yeah. decided to to move on because these people are toxic. And if he does it, you know, he, he used to own a bar. Actually, that would be a really good book for you guys. He wrote a book. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's my uncle. But yeah, he... He wrote a book. You guys would really like it anyways. He basically he used to own a bar, all this stuff, and it's all gone because if I keep doing these things, I'm never going to better myself. And He's become, I mean, he's always been an incredible person, but he's become a better version of him because mm-hmm. he knew he had to get out of that life.
2: Yeah. And the other thing is, too, with with having these friends that, you know, if you're the alcoholic and you got the friends that still drink, a lot of times they're not going to do what's best for you because then they have to acknowledge that what they're doing is bad. right. Well, that's what he's saying, yeah, right? That's like exactly what he's
1: saying. You, and I There's went through, reasons why people try and pull yeah. you back. There's lots and lots and lots mm-hmm. and lots of them.
2: And I think I told you guys, I think it was the first podcast, about when I was getting out of the drug scene, I used Michelle as an anchor out, and Michelle mm-hmm. and my friends didn't get along because all my friends were still partying. Mm-hmm. So they didn't see anything wrong with the behavior because they were still currently involved in it. So in order to be supportive of me to stop doing it, they have to acknowledge that it's a problem with what they're doing. Yeah, that's And they, they didn't, yeah. so you've... Well, right, no, yeah. they didn't initially, so there was friction. But since then, they have grown themselves. The ones that have been supportive and the ones that have mm-hmm. bettered themselves and got out of it, I'm still friends with the right, ones that exactly. the ones that didn't. So I uh, is, have uh, distance from.
1: He mentions in here uh, not to cut everyone out. No, no yeah. he's not saying get rid of everyone. No, he's where is it? He says make um, the
0: choices that are best for you. <laughs> I think.
1: I think you need to It is appropriate and praiseworthy. Okay, this is what we're talking about. Like, feel good about yourself if you're friends with someone that is struggling, Mm -hmm. right? Be praiseworthy. It's praiseworthy. It's commendable. It's appropriate and praiseworthy to associate with people whose lives would be improved, meaning they're a little bit further behind you on the path, would be improved if they saw your life improve. Yes. It's not appropriate and it's not praiseworthy to stay friends with people or to associate with people that irrelevant to what you're doing their only purpose is to stop you or bring you back yes then you're just an idiot yeah well, see, that's but what he's saying that's a the loyalty friendship. and stupidity are very
2: yes are
1: very close depending on the you know objectively
2: yeah if you have someone that is going out of their way to try and keep you from bettering yourself you know if they're if they're going out of their way to intentionally stop you then yeah, that's a toxic. That's a toxic person. You yeah. need to distance yourself from that because they're a hindrance to you trying to lift yourself up. But if you have a friend that's just struggling and doesn't know how to do the changes that you're doing, and you by leading by example yeah. is going to inspire them and help them, then yeah, that's you're being a good friend and you're staying in contact with them. You're trying to help them out.
1: It's just weird because there's like a dichotomy in this where he talks about in the chapter where sometimes uh, it's kind of an it's kind of like an addictive feeling, like you know I'm the I'm the role model. Right. And so he talks about how sometimes people will start this path and then they'll actually keep pushing other people back down because it kind of makes them feel like they're better and better and better. So, like, kind of help them well, up and then push shock. them back down and then help yeah. them back up and yeah. push them back down because they constantly get this feeling of like, this person looks up to me. This person's striving to be who I am. It makes them feel it good about you feel who like they like are. A bigger person. Yeah. It's interesting. There's like little little traps and all of it. But, them. and
2: then all of this stuff comes down to just basic, innate instincts that people have and Mm -hmm. you know things that are biologically pre-wired into our brains and these are the things that you struggle with I mean the the top side
0: of it is that you just you have to look out for number one which is you Mm -hmm. yeah it's that's pretty plain and simple you have to look out for you one and if it means dropping certain friends and they're not happy about it then what are you going to do you can't you can't
1: you can't stay with those unhealthy relationships you can't control yourself really when you get down to it like, really, like, really beyond the ego side of it, what you say you can control, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, our Roseanne Barr, for example, maybe are yeah. not able to control what she a You can't even, you can't control what you say. You can't control what you think. We talked about this in the first podcast. Sit down for an hour and don't think. Do that. Yeah. Can you do that? No. No. You can't even control what, you cannot control what you think. So why are we trying to control what other people think? Boom! Right? I like that. That's his whole point. Do you want to fix the world, clean your room. Like He makes that statement and people yeah. are like, what the hell does that even mean? What does cleaning my room have to do with anything? He's literally saying, who are you to say how to fix my life if you can't fix your exactly. life? Exactly. If you, you th- think you should control how I
2: think, figure out how to control what you yeah. think. You can't do that? It's easier to control what I yeah. think. Before you start passing judgment or setting blame on some other person or other group uh, for what's wrong in your life, fix your own shit first. Clean your own house. If you want...
1: He's, he's in these conversations with people and he's saying if you don't like what I'm saying, I'm happy with that. Let's talk about it. If, if if seeing me improve will help you improve. If talking to me could have some sort of change, then let's do it. But if the point of this is for you just to scream and yell and say I'm wrong and never engage then it's it's not appropriate or praiseworthy. He's saying that, right? Let's, let's grow from this or it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And if, we re- if you really want me to be better, then you're going to help build me up. I'm going to help build you up. Then there's a positivity there. Yeah. But if you're just going to show up and try and rip me down to make yourself feel like you're winning, then I'm not going to engage with this appropriately. And that's the problem And it too. makes
2: people uncomfortable. Well, they you don't touched like on that. there. It's all about winning. It's like this is our side. This is our team. And we want to win yeah and that's a big problem with what's going on in society too. It's not about who's right. It's just like look at with the left and the right. Everybody's so polarized to the to the different ends of the spectrum and it's all about our team and our and yeah, our collective it's, it's thought easier. process. Yeah, it's easier. It's and
1: easier just to be say I'm either in this group or that group. Both groups are quick to put me in one or the other. Yeah. Cuz there uh, apparently there's no middle anymore, which no, is crazy. No, there's not. And so as, there soon is, as you, so cuz most t- people are in the middle yes. they're just afraid to say they don't actually have an opinion or care like I'm supposed to know and I'm supposed to care but I don't so I'm just going to pretend that I do so I'll pick the easiest one which one's winning right now oh the left's winning I'm on the left Yeah. even though well what that guy said sort of makes sense sometimes but it goes too far but to be fair some of the stuff this guy says makes sense but it also goes too far maybe I'm in the middle that's because you are yeah. because one of those two isn't actually right and that's what happened sometimes it changes to,
2: that's what happened to Jordan because he criticized factions on the extreme left and right like he does, I'm right, but because he gets attacked by one over the other. in public, other. this whole thing started with him attacking an extreme left point of view, that he was automatically cast yeah, as alt right. Exactly. Which exactly. is just bullshit.
1: Right. You know, Jiu-Jitsu, the Jiu Jitsu Club fits this whole thing.
2: Oh, I was going to say it, and I
0: was like, yeah. no, I'm not going to be that guy, but now you're going to be that no, guy. So no, awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Last week, I, I mentioned that you can find truths in everything. This is an example of that. This topic is massively complicated, and if we use oh, yeah. transgender, which neither of us or any of us, sorry, know Educating. really anything about, mm-hmm. um, don't use it. It's a it's an intellectual trap. What we can use, which is also applicable, is the jiu-jitsu club, you know? If you were rolling with people in the club that wanted to prove that they're right, the way they roll is better than yours, and whenever you guys roll, they're trying to kill you every time, neither of you are... You might grow in your ability to argue. You might grow in your ability to fight. You might grow in your ability to defend yourself against them. But you're not, if the goal is to come closer together, to become a team, right? You're not succeeding. You roll with people that want to take your head off every time. You're going to get better at keeping them from taking your head off, not better at becoming close with them. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting. Yeah. You can, uh,
0: Josh being the highest of the belts here. He could easily go into the club and just smoke people all day long, but the people in the club aren't benefiting from it. No. And really and truly, is he benefiting from I'm it? I'm not, and
2: that's why when I roll with lower belts, I typically start on my on the bottom. I start on my butt. I'll pull them into guard, or I'll give them a half guard. Or I'll put myself in a bad position. I'll put right. myself at a disadvantage. Because that helps you grow and the other person grow. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If so yeah, if I want to jump on a white belt and freaking pass right. a guard and mount them and choke them out in five seconds, what the fuck am I getting at? of no, Nothing. Just, yeah.
1: But is it appropriate and praiseworthy to do that with a person that is just trying to take your head off and isn't going to improve by rolling with you? If they're going to leave going like, yeah, I fucking crushed Josh. That guy's shit. What a fucking pathetic purple belt. He doesn't know what he's doing. I've, I choked that son of a bitch out. He was on the bottom the whole time. Yeah. Is it praiseworthy for you to go back to the change room and be like, hey guys, I I let this guy like dominate me on top for an hour and I feel really good about myself because, you know, I think that he I think he got a little bit better. I feel like mm-hmm. you're an idiot. He's he's not learning anything. No, he's
0: fucking shitting all over you. No, I better, why
2: you better have knocked no, him down a what, little bit. Well look, so, yeah, at, look at Trevor I Trevor what you're Trevor, I, Trevor I, says he doesn't sort of cut you off. No, that's okay. Trevor says he doesn't know how he's gonna roll with someone until they grab the first grip. Mm. And then by that person, whether it's a white belt, blue belt, purple belt, when they grab that first grip and he feels how hard they're grabbing, he's like, okay, now I know what's going down. what's going to go down. Yeah. I know how hard I need to roll here because I can feel that he just does whatever you give him. He decides if you come at him hard, he'll roll hard. You come at him light and you just want to flow, he'll just flow.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. He but, has that
0: control. Some people don't have that control. No. And, and lower belts don't. And maybe, maybe that person doesn't, just doesn't know. They, they might go into the change room and just say, yeah. That's what d- I'm saying. It doesn't right. help them if you don't... No, right. So what I'm saying, but you have to do that first part to learn about that yeah. person to then go, mm-hmm. okay, Monday we came in, I let you do this without you knowing, but mm-hmm. I let you do this. You think you dominated me. You went around the change room. You sh- trash talked me. You did this. You did that. Today we're going to straighten things out. Mm-hmm. And then from here on for- from here on forward, Yeah. that... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say from here on forth. Um, that
1: would certainly sort of, I don't I know. Think that would technically count. That would too. still work too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, henceforth. Henceforth to it. <laughs> you're gonna. <laughs> you're gonna. You're now gonna learn, and if if this new thing didn't, if you didn't learn from this second time, now, now you're just, you're just you, and I've learned who you are. Yeah. Well, then you, Hi, you, you need to there. you need to figure yeah, yeah you need
2: you, to figure out if you roll like an asshole all the time, nobody's gonna want to roll with nah. you. We had a guy a, a guy
1: coming in the club. I don't remember what his name was. He only lasted for a couple of weeks. So He came in and everyone kind of rolls easy with the new white belt, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was really aggressive, so no one wanted to roll with him. None of the new none of the other white belts or blue belts wanted to roll with the guy, so they stopped rolling with him. So he's like, oh, these guys are all afraid of me. So he started rolling with the purples and above and being super super aggressive. And he would just justify why you know he couldn't beat them because of this thing it wasn't fair or whatever I just I doubled him and then he did that for a few weeks and he's like I know my shit now and he moved on do you remember that guy I'm
2: trying to remember
1: I can't remember what his name was before was my, like, I oh, he was like over aggressive like he was like a. Dick. oh yeah yeah very very aggressive he was very athletic I think he was like twenty twenty one something like that super athletic really tall really really strong you
0: have to get humbled by life the same way you get Kevin? humbled in the gym was it
1: Kevin yeah uh
2: I <sighs> It doesn't I matter. Either okay. Way. Well, I rolled him yeah. as a was I? I don't even. I might have just been a purple belt then. Yeah, you were a purple belt. Yeah, but I. He was strong and very athletic, and he was very enthusiastic. I didn't feel he was being douchey. I just thought that's what white belts do, right? That's the one attribute you have. If you're strong, that's what you try to do. You try to come strong, right? But I maybe with you guys, he was being a dick. Well, it's experienced differently because yeah. of the skill set. Because yeah. Max must be a nightmare for everybody, because he's a nightmare for me. But Max doesn't. His personality is different. From though. a place of meanness or no. disrespectfulness, yeah. he's just fucking strong. Yeah, yeah. and, and he has that wrestling base and knows that. And he's very competitive, but he's not an asshole about yeah. it. The point is, is that you have to you
0: you have to learn to be humbled in the gym, just the same yeah. as you get humbled in life. Well, that's yeah. why it's jujitsu.
1: Such a great opportunity yeah. to affect your ego. Yeah, you I've know?
0: changed as a. I think if Katie listens to this, I've changed since I started doing this because sometimes, yeah, I was a little high and mighty. When who the fuck am I? Nobody. Yeah. Oh, jujitsu. Nobody. Fumbling. I go into the go into there and I, and I didn't walk into jujitsu thinking like, oh, I'm strong. I'll beat it. You know, I'll beat somebody up. But I thought like, I okay, I watched a couple YouTube videos. I'm gonna do better than I well, think. Well, and you're a big dude. So I went in there and got fucked up. And I was like, "Oh, wow, okay." I've I used to sometimes be the one upper. Yeah. And I'd get called out on a nick like, "Holy fuck, dude! Your stories, like, really?" Like, no, I you went, went to struggle, the moon. I struggled. yeah, no, I it wasn't that guy. But I was kind of <laughs> like Josh, where at a, as a young person, I had seen and experienced a fair bout a fair amount, and yeah, an opinion on things, and an opinion on things that seemed one up ish, but. I've cut that, like, I sometimes will sit here, you guys look at me, Nick, say something.
1: I'm like, I don't want to, because... You're trained too far the other way. Right. Mm-hmm. That happened... That I don't know where I was ha- going with
0: this, that's not even close to what we were talking about. No, it is, 100% it is. Is it? Okay.
1: So, <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu, okay, so, you first start off, you think, I can do this, I'm it, it constricts the idea of who you are. Right, yeah, and then you kind of either resist it and don't want to deal with that, and you leave thinking, mm-hmm. no, I'm just as good as I was, that didn't really count, or you or, learn. Right. or you learn and you you your ego comes Takes more into check. line with where it should be, mm-hmm. right, but there's also the chance that it could go the other way too, where you're like oh i'm I'm actually really horrible and I'm really no good, and uh I shouldn't you know i'm I, I'm gonna lose to everyone and I'm never gonna win, and yeah. I'm, I'm this piece of crap that isn't worth anything there is like that other. Really, really low part, well, yeah, it's and you go through that. You know, they call that the the blue belt. Blue is like, if you stick it out long enough, you you are getting your ego is getting beat down really, yeah. really far. The longer you do it, you can either come back up from that, which is yeah. you get to purple belt, or you don't get through it and you quit after four stripes of blue, and you you've never had any success. Most and people you leave. quit. Most people quit. Actually. Most what's people do at white belt. Most, people, they quite don't, yeah. most they don't.
0: people quite, yeah, but most people never see blue. What I found interesting since I've been there, and it'll be a year uh, this December, is I haven't seen, there's one guy who is a blue belt, and I can't think of his name. He just joined the military or something.
1: Oh, Will. He's Purple Belt. No. No, no. No, no, Blue uh, Belt, young kid. He was okay. there
0: when I, anyway, it doesn't matter. He's the only guy that I've seen kind of not out. Oh, back. the, oh, Young kid, blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What
2: the fuck's that, I can't see. I know who you're talking about. He's gone. I like his. He, he's he's yeah. gone because
0: I think he's he's gone for basic training, or whatever. Um, but I haven't seen besides the month trial people who kind of come in and don't come back. I haven't seen anybody quit
1: because you haven't been there long enough. Yeah, no, true. dude, we've when actually I came, no. It's been no. It's been different. Lost a lot of blues. a lot of the
2: white belts coming in now. Stay and never used to be like yeah. That. There used to I be noticed, much uh, more turnover. Yeah, I noticed
0: um last night because it was such a heat or Friday night. What the yeah, day Friday. is it? Friday night, there was like four or five brand new white belts. I'm like, oh, this is cool.
1: Whenever I started, there were a bunch of blue belts, a bunch of blue belts.
0: Yeah.
2: And they're all gone.
0: Yeah, and I've seen that because I look back in the pictures. Some like, have. We're like totally... Well, yeah.
2: Brayson's... Not all Mike, of them, but Mike's, a lot. Yeah, and Mike's, I don't even remember their Mike's names. Mike's just got a lot going on. Mike comes back periodically. It's hard when you get out of your... So, I got my blue belt and a month later. And it was more for... Um, financial reasons michelle had lost her job or left her job and we were up in Barrie and just couldn't afford it so i was maybe a blue belt for two months and then i left for eight months and then i finally came back uh made an arrangement with trevor i was doing some work for him so it was easier to to get back into it and uh came back but it took a while to get mm-hmm. back even just that eight months i felt like i was a white belt staring all over again it was very frustrating but it sometimes life happens right it's hard I guess you have It's hard to get it back in your routine.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's with everything, right? Mm-hmm. The possibility is there for everything. It's, it is interesting, though, that there's circumstances where I'm sure that is the case, but there's other circumstances where I, you know, it obviously isn't.
0: For people listening, the reason we keep coming back to jujitsu is because this is it's how fucking awesome it's fucking awesome. <laughs> if you don't do it, suck a chode. Um,
2: it's really aggressive. He yeah. could make you. Do I gotta it do a scary say- part. Hey?
1: What's <laughs> So that? the scary part is you could make them do it.
2: So yeah. Suck his chode. <laughs> Lick my taint.
0: Dick jokes. Okay. Because um, that's how we all met, and it's the one thing that if we're talking about a topic that relates to it, we can all relate to and go. Common, oh yeah. Common ground. Yeah. So just, just wanted to throw it out
2: there. Hopefully, yeah. our common ground does not turn into. You know, suck chode or lick and taint. The reason
1: I do jiu-jitsu is so I can force people to suck my chode. <laughs> there you go. And I'm there, so I should probably just quit now. Yeah. But then I realize that if I keep doing it, I'll be able to do it faster and faster. More efficiently? With more people. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. No, but it, there's a lot of parallels with jiu-jitsu in life, right? It's chess, yeah. right? There's a lot of things and a lot of it comes down to human nature. There's on a, just a physical thing, there's biomechanical. Like it's 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 a there's a huge learning process to it and a huge learning curve to it. Right, it's just if you like to learn shit, it's a great avenue.
0: Yeah. I mean, the one thing about jujitsu is that you everybody has to pretty well be treated the same. You adjust how you roll with people on based on who they are, or how big they are. But when you come in there you have to give it 100%. Now, Yesterday, I was asking Trevor because he's, you know, he's built his career on karate. And I said, why is it that you allow, um, in, in jiu-jitsu, p- people come in and they have to give it 100% and you know that because if they don't, they're going to get, they're going to lose every time. they're gonna There's a lose and there's a win. Yeah. In karate, you don't necessarily have that. And he says, the, the thing is, with karate, is that I have a ton of people who come here and do karate. And I can't come in here and treat karate like I do jujitsu, because if I treated karate very traditionally where it was intense, hardcore, this is what it is, people would quit. And I don't want people to quit because just because they're not doing, say, their kata's a hundred percent snappy, fast, hard, and and conditioning their shins and their forearms like karate does. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're not benefiting from it.
1: They're getting all this woo-woo stuff that we're talking about, they're too. Ta- yeah, they're, ta- right.
2: they're taking from it what they, what they want. Just
0: because you, there's somebody in there who's nearest black belt, and he does everything 150%, that's one guy. And he's benefiting from it because of that's the way he does it. Yeah. There's another guy that's a little slower, a little tired, a little this. He's got things going on in life, but this is his retreat. So he may not become a black belt and be able to go in the streets... And fucking wing chun somebody's ass, but mentally, it's his thing. It, it, yeah. it, right. Just because they're not, just because we look at that, we look at them doing karate and we're like, "Okay, I don't get it." Because you're not, you're not even like putting a hundred percent into that. You're just not. Hmm. Well, maybe they can't. Maybe they're doing it because they're hundred percent. They're hundred percent is their you know hundred percent, and they're benefiting it from it different way than we do in jiu-jitsu even
2: in jiu-jitsu though not everybody that's good at jiu-jitsu in the gi in the dojo if they were put in a situation in the street would automatically be able to handle themselves and and some people don't care yeah look at uh, Jonathan
0: he loves the self-defense aspect of it that's why he's there and even if we do something that's sport related he will relate it back he'll he'll relate it back to a self-defense way Cause that's what that's what he's there for. Other well, people are just there because they want to exercise, and yeah. jujitsu's badass as fuck.
2: And even like DJ, DJ always thinks when he's rolling in gi, you know, am I putting myself in a position where I can be punched in the face right he now? He also doesn't. He also doesn't use the gi. No, no. I'm, he likes Oh, He likes Kimura. He likes yeah. He he rolls in gi like he's rolling no gi. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I'm somewhat that way.
2: I don't really. He will I, choke though. DJ will choke. Oh, well, if it's yeah, there, he'll choke. If it's yeah. there, yeah, he'll choke.
0: But. I, I'm not good at the grips and stuff because I'm. I like to just think that this gee's not actually there.
2: It's a good way to roll. It's the gee's fine too, but it's good. To, that's yeah. why it's good. That's the benefit of rolling, no gi. But I mean, if it's like I say that, but yet
0: I'll grip like sleeves and pants
2: for and, dear life. Whenever
0: yeah. So, anyways, it's not even. That's a good point. Yeah, but yeah. if yeah. you're
2: in the street, someone's probably wearing pants. I just want right. to say like.
0: Yeah, people wear clothes. That's the other thing people don't. Anyways, that's
1: a like whole. That's chokes, a whole other topic. I only attack women. people that aren't wearing clothes. Yeah, yeah. no.
2: There's t- there's <laughs> chokes that are good for women to learn from a man on top of them and just with a t shirt. There's a baseball bat choke that mm. I seen yeah. it going around when I was still on social media, just showing women how to do the baseball bat choke, um, when a guy on top of them in a car
1: with a yeah. t shirt on.
2: Yeah, yeah. I want to say that.
1: Yeah, I I appreciate you mentioning that, saying that, your comment about your conversation with Trevor. Cause, I didn't really think of that.
0: I didn't either, and that's that. It, I always say to him, like, I'm not insulting karate. I just don't see the value. But maybe I just don't see the value for me.
2: Yeah, but he also tries to instill a little bit of that into jiu jitsu too. When he tells you, like, when you're a higher belt, like, you gotta wipe out, like, don't smash them. No. Right? You want them to come back. Exactly. Like, so, don't. So it, that's
0: where it relates. Sorry to cut you off, but no, I say, that's
2: fine. Go ahead. Finish the, your thought. Um
0: the way that we don't smash certain people or certain white belts is the same reason why Trevor doesn't scream at them, Step one! Ah!" And they're they're scared and afraid because they're not going to come back. That person's insecure and they need to benefit from it in a different way. And if you're looking for um, that dojo, then that's not the dojo for you. It's just not. If you're looking for that intense, you know, we're going to war karate... It's not the place for you. It's same for the It's jiu-jitsu. not Cobra
1: Kai. Same for the jiu-jitsu. Because right. you can go to other jiu-jitsu schools that are like, we have a very we have a very relaxed jiu-jitsu yes. school. You know, our warm up half people don't even warm up properly. You know,
2: actually, I, I don't think Trevor actually likes that. No, I he know knows, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. Just like yeah. he doesn't like
1: going into a karate class and being kind of embarrassed at what he's yeah. watching. Yeah, but right. so there's there's probably a middle ground somewhere in there between what he is trying to accomplish and I yeah.
2: I feel like it's actually changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cuz But he's also very sorry to cut you off. Mm. But he's o- no but no, just back to the warm up thing. I just want just before I lose it. Yeah. He also understands a lot of us are older, right? Like some nights Pete, sometimes Pete doesn't wanna do the drill or doesn't wanna cuz you know, maybe he's feeling his body, Maybe his shoulders a little jacked up, right? Like so he'll respect you to know your body and mm-hmm. warm up as you need to warm up. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Sorry. I'm trick. just
0: saying that people benefit, just, if Joe Blow comes in and he does karate and it's giving him that time away from his, his shit wife. life, his wife, or his work. life? <laughs> <Shit laughs> <Wow. No. laughs> something we need to talk about? Guys. shit life. His shit life. What's going on with yeah. He jumped on that like real it. fast. Nah, no, okay. but, um. It was my wife's
2: birthday today. I love you, baby. This, or it's yesterday, it was her birthday.
0: If that guy's being bullied at work, <laughs> so much because people are pieces of shit, but he's at karate, and in his head he's thinking, yeah, I'm learning karate because I'm going to, you know, if something ever happens, like, this is going to come in handy. It's The reality is that's never going to happen. But mentally, he's feeling better, and he's becoming more confident, and because he's got that, he may go to work and just feel more confident and and. You know, they're just benefiting from it in a different way.
2: Well, there's a difference between feeling confident that if something happens you'll be able to defend yourself yeah. and then going and learning Jiu jitsu it's like, oh, I'm gonna fucking kick people's asses. Yeah. And being cocky. It's like you said, right? Like there's a balance to it, right? You either you wanna be confident and carry yourself well, but if you go too far that you get cocky, that's not good. And then you don't want to be so worried about being cocky or too confident or not believing yourself that you become That's that's insecure. where the That's where I have a hard time
1: accepting it and you you see that even in raising children the same kind of argument comes up with the way you deal with your your kids Mm -hmm. you don't want to be bullies but you don't want to be bullied well you don't want to inflate the making someone confident isn't about inflating their ego and this is something that our current society is kind of doing yeah is some kid does something good you tell them you're good And if someone does something bad, then you're bad. You're affecting that. You're trying to inflate or deflate their ego according to their action, right? That person walks around thinking, I could beat up all these guys at work. I'm a big badass now. I'm going to walk around with confidence. You're just filling them up with hot air because push came to shove. You probably wouldn't be able to. So what's the point of making him feel good about himself? Because deep down, deep down, the guy... Probably knows on some sort of subconscious level that he isn't going to be able to. Mm-hmm. So he's just walking around reminding himself that he's good enough, but feeling inside that he isn't.
2: Right? Well, and are, we, are you really giving him confidence by doing that? Well, what about with kids with sports and having them all get a medal? Exactly. And having it's the them same never thing. lose. Mm-hmm. Now uh, you know you want to be. You don't want the competitiveness to go. It's it's all about a balance. That's the thing. You can't make everything cut and dry. Yeah. You can't nerf the world. If you don't teach these kids rejection and l- how to handle defeat at a young age, when they get into the real world where none of this nerf rules apply, yeah, right, then they are not going to know emotionally how to handle. Uh, you know, if they're in competition with another uh, coworker for a promotion, they lose. They don't get that promotion. It's going to crush them because they've more, never lost anything more, in their life. More likely than not, that, what's does gonna that make happen, sense? Yeah. More likely than not, what's
1: going to happen is they hit those real obstacles where the, it isn't the variables aren't being controlled and they don't understand why they didn't get it and they feel like it's unfair it's like now my i have a i have a little brother okay and he's a lot younger than me he's only he's 8 right nope and when he was little he'd run around and my my dad and my stepmom when he was running around they'd be like you're so fast and they'd give him a reward for being fast and they're like whoa you're so clever you're so strong you're so smart just trying to be make him feel good because he's you know whatever they're just trying to make him feel good about himself make him really self confident make him all those things it seems to make sense on the on the top but now he's eight and he ain't fast he's not that strong and he's not any of those things there's nothing wrong with him but he thinks he thinks and has a lot of trouble, right? Because he thinks he's supposed to be fast. So now if he He's races, supposed he... to be the, fa- the strongest, the smartest. He's supposed to always know what the right thing to do. He's always supposed to be a good boy because he used to be that. He's not bad. He's not slow. He's not weak. It's just his whole self-identity has been built up around this idea that he's always going to be fast. always in to succeed. He's always going He went to school and all the other kids ran around. And they were fast. They were faster. He's like, oh, I'm not good.
2: Yeah, I know. those That's guys are better. Correct. than That's me. what you want. And now about. what you did
1: is you built up this fake, right. this fake ego, and then the first obstacle it hit, it deflated, and now he has this idea of what he's supposed to be that he can't
2: ever really achieve because he's got little short stubby legs and he's not very quick. Yeah. Well, look at so Jackson, my oldest, he did the tournament on Saturday, and he actually got first place. He got gold. But I tried not to make like I congratulated him. I was proud of him, but I tried not to pump it up too much. I told him, you know, go congratulate your friends. like the people that you fought in your division and stuff. And then the two years before that, he got second place. He lost the gold medal match at both times, right? But I also he didn't get upset. I made sure he didn't get upset. I made sure he still had a good time. Like, I didn't want him to get too low. Yeah, okay, they beat you. Big deal. Who cares? Did you try your best? Yeah. Did you have fun? Yeah. Good, right? So you lost. It happens sometimes. Sometimes they're somewhat better than you. Maybe they're not better than you all the time. They were better than you today. It's so hard. Maybe tomorrow you're better than them. But, you know, don't get too high. Don't get too low.
0: But part of that is right? also it's, saying it's, but it's a knife's edge, right? It's yeah. hard. Part of that is also saying to him like what I believe in, in parenting is also to say okay, you lost. How do you feel? If you also if you teach him not to care about the loss, that's I don't think that's good either. Right? There's a, a There's a there's a weird slippery slope there because he also needs to care enough to go, well shit. I either I either, either want to not do this anymore cuz I lost cuz I don't really like it or fuck, I really don't like losing. I'm gonna train twice as hard because next time I want that gold. And that's but no, that's and that's because, what he did too, and he
2: won gold this year. Yeah, so exactly. he did that too. I didn't put too much pressure on him. That's what he wanted to do. Fine. Yeah. Right. But if he really didn't care that he lost, that's good too. But if it bothered him, okay, we'll try harder next time. And I told him so. Last year he lost to his friend Logan, who's a year older than him and way taller. Right. So it's just I told him. He's like, oh yeah, you know it's hard. I'm like, yeah, Logan's taller than you, buddy. It happens. I'm like, so this year I told him, um, you know, if you have a taller opponent, I'm like, you gotta keep your hands up. Right? so I gave him a tip something to improve on mm-hmm. that would help him to be better than last time and he did yeah. he kept his hands up and this time he was and also too I said sometimes he's he's not as aggressive so this time he was a lot more aggressive he was scoring points first there was another year when he got second was because they went point for point but the other kid scored the first point so they, and it, so when they went to when they went to five points they he got there first yeah right because he just kind of sat back a little bit so then he worked on that the next year was more aggressive but the kid was way bigger and he kept his hands down, so he kept getting pointed on the top of his head. Right? So he improved on that this year and he won. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So but I didn't I don't I didn't want to put too much pressure on him. I didn't want him to feel like shit because he lost. And I want him to feel good because he won. But I also didn't want him to be cocky you want to instill with the, the other kids either, right? I wanted him to be appreciative and supportive of them, saying, Hey, good job, man, good try. Awesome. That was that was fun. Thanks. Being a good sport always. A hundred percent right but you have to let you can't make it you can't try and control you can't rig the game so that they don't lose yeah win yeah. or lose like you have to let them win or lose but teach them how to handle it gracefully you need to I think that comes from teaching them how to play the game yeah yeah.
1: because if you teach them that they're better you're, you're good you're the best right there's always but somebody better so what you need to teach them is you're in control of the outcome because you're able to control what you put in that doesn't necessarily mean you're always going to win though
2: no
0: yeah I have a question, just because I want to hear your opinion on it. So, we're looking in the corner here, and there's two drawings. One of them by your wife, one of them by your son. Yes. I look at the one by your son, and I think, he's six years old. That's a really good drawing. Yeah. Yeah. How did you handle that painting? Did you tell him he was Picasso, or did you say, like...
1: No, I mean, he showed it to me, and he asked me what I thought. And I said that it looks like you tried... Very hard to make it look like the picture. Yeah. And then he said, uh, no, I tried to draw the picture. I I don't want to put labels onto him of what he did. I don't want to say, wow, this is really good. I just want to acknowledge what he did. It's up to him whether he thinks he did good or not. Right. Did you did try and copy it? It looks like you did. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I didn't try and copy it. That's not good or bad. It is just what he did. He was still excited to show it to me.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't say, oh, this is really good. You tried to copy what it looked like. And then he goes, oh, I didn't try and copy what it looked like. I didn't actually do good because it's only yeah. good because I tried to, just, you know, that's, yeah.
2: that's how I handled it. Well, Jenna's actually really good at art, like, to the point where compared to the other kids in her class and compared to, like, her older brother and even my wife. She's a better drawer than my wife. Mm. Right? And it's impress so we're actually gonna sign up for an art class. So when you do see that they do have a little bit of a knack for something, I don't think there's anything wrong in encouraging it. So we're gonna get Jenna. No, some but art what I'm classes. saying is that
0: do you tell Jenna that's the best painting I've ever seen? Because it's not.
2: You no, know it's not. But we say that we love it. Right. And it's fantastic, but we don't tell her it's the best painting she's ever seen we've ever seen. Because right. that would say that there's no room for improvement.
0: Yeah. Because a six year old won't understand if I go, that's the best painting I've ever seen for a six year old.
2: No, we just say we, we we Bible. get that because we, we tell all know it's really good. We
0: all know that for a six-year-old,
2: yeah, that's a you know the detail most six-year-olds yeah. can't put that kind
0: of that's detail, a quality that, painting line control. But your six-year-old's not going to get that. He's like he's going to think, well, what do you mean, for a six-year-old, like fuck you, dad?
1: <laughs> you know, I got to say this, and then I think we'll wrap up. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's a good idea because um, mom, I think my wife's going to take the dog to the groomer.
1: <laughs> there's a few. There's a few things we've touched on tonight, or tonight, it feels like tonight, <laughs> today, that uh, that I think fit in with this, is honestly sit down and define what good means. Do it. Mm-hmm. I dare you. Oh. Reporting for duty, sir.
2: I am a chunk of wood.